Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. You're listening to 104.4 FM. It's Resonance FM. And this is One Life Left. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's favourite radio show to do with video games. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Anne Scantlebury. I'm Simon Byron. Oh, he's back. Welcome back, back Simon. I missed you. Aww. For the next hour, we're going to be talking about video games, because that's what a video game radio show do. I've got three weeks' worth. Really? Yeah. All, all bottled up. Exactly. I can't wait. Uh, we have features. We have music. We have news. We have reviews. We have Gamescom chat. Yeah, we can do a bit of that. We'll get a bit of GDC chats. Brilliant. Uh, we've also got a, a very special super guest, or however we refer to him. I forgot it's been so long. <laughs> um, we're joined in the studio today by Graham McAllister, founder of Vertical Slice. Welcome, Graham. Welcome, Graham. So, Vertical, do you know who Vertical Slice are, Anne Scantleberry? I, I will not lie to you. I've no idea. Well, they know who you are. <gasps> do they? They know who you are and what you think about stuff. Oh my goodness. We're going to chat to Graham a little bit later. I didn't really think that. How are you doing, Graham? I'm not too bad, Simon. Good. Thanks for coming in. It's good to meet you at uh, GDC as well. So, yeah, but so, so this, this is what, show nine, is it? Show nine. This is another man I've picked up. He's <laughs> <laughs> dragged into the studio. Doing this. We'll have more about that later, but for now, the news. Seven oh two on Monday the twenty first of August. I'm Anne Scanthbury, and this is the news. Sony is cutting the price of the PS3 worldwide, giving it a UK RRP of £199. The announcement was made at Gamescom, where the company also announced the launch of a new PSP model this autumn. The snappily named PSP E1000 won't have Wi-Fi, but will be cheapy cheap cheap. Given its low-cost, no-frills nature, we will be naming it the Easy PSP. Do we get to do that? Yeah. Sweet. What do you like then? Is there a special naming ceremony? Uh, it's more like a nickname for now, but it'll catch on, and then all of the websites will start using it. <laughs> Surely PSPZ. Oh, that's good. That yeah. might be better. There we go. Uh, PSPZ. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, that's approved. Yeah, there'll be cod blops all over again, won't it? It will be. So, uh, Austerity Britain wins. Hey! Cheap, cheap stuff. Hey. Yay. Um, yeah, what price was it beforehand? More. <laughs> <laughs> like in the 200s. Was it? In, yeah. the, in, in the low 200s. Or, or the like mid to upper 200s or something. And have they dropped the price already? Is it on sale for that? No, this autumn, Simon. We're still in summer. Okay. Uh, so 3DS has gone down. Yeah. PS3's gone down. Yeah. There's the PSPC. PSPZ. <laughs> it's, work, it's working, isn't it? It's catching on. Well, we could fit that into a song for the uh, Nottingham Karaoke, Let's can we? definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Xbox, how much is that these days? The same, isn't it? Is it how much, though? Uh, in the 
two hundreds. <laughs> well, it's a three sixty. They should just sell it for that. <laughs> That's <laughs> easy to remember. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Graham, do you think this is going to make a difference for the PlayStation hardware market? Oh, you're putting me on the spot, Simon. I wasn't I am, expecting but... such tough questions early on. He is a listener, isn't he? That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm more excited a little bit about the Vita, I must say, right. and what impact it'll have. That, so. was a, that was a great politician's answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd basically ignore everything you asked me. Yeah. How much is the Vita going to be? Like in the, um, <laughs> like maybe between one and three hundred. Wow. Exclusive. Exclusive. Launching a new look Wii. The new console will be on sale in time for Christmas as the old design is phased out. The new design will lack backwards compatibility and won't support GameCube hardware or games, but it will come bundled with Wii Party and Wii Sports and will be smaller. Natch. The Wii U is said to be furious with addition to this addition to the family and is refusing to share a room. Oh. Is that true or is that just... No, that's, tr- that's true fact. <laughs> yeah, they each have their own room in the Nintendo household. And oh, OK. The Wii U's like, what? <sighs> but, no they, but they both get on... Do they both get on with the DS? No, they don't, do they? Just the Wii U gets... The Wii U bunk up with the 3DS, won't it? Yeah, I reckon definitely. Right. Simon, you are the model yep. early adopter. Yep, I am. Are you the... going to be early adopting this late no, arrival? No, I'm not. Why not? Um, I've already got a Wii, I don't, and I already don't use that <laughs> one. <laughs> if I remember rightly, you put it in a plastic bag <laughs> and yeah. threw that into a canal <laughs> with some stones <laughs> yeah uh, I, I retrieved why did I why did I get it out again I forget which which game it was I wanted to play but yeah it, it sits there quite happily by my well I say happily I don't it's really probably, care it's probably miserable isn't very, it very blue light just glowing softly please turn me on I know um, do, do you not think the Wii U will offer a new game experience I do yeah but the Wii won't this is the new Wii. Yeah, well, yeah. So this is this is a sl- so th- this is um. It's what is it? Just smaller just and it doesn't smaller. play GameCube games. Just which yeah. which really. was the only reason to own a Wii, wasn't it? <laughs> it just seems stupid. No, getting fit as well. No, you can do that on this one. Also, hanging out with uh, Louise Radnack. Oh yeah. 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 We haven't Patrick done that Stewart. Anymore. Yeah. Jedward. Ant and Deck. Mm, maybe it did have something going for it. Um, has anybody? I mean, again, this this is this is a strange one, isn't it? Because is I thought everybody already owns a Wii, even those people yeah. like me who yeah. don't want one. Maybe mm. people who thought, oh, that's a bit big, <laughs> that's a bit bulky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Size was never an issue, was it? No, and also this one's gonna. Uh, go on its side. Right. So maybe people who are like, well, oh, oh. I mean, I'd love it, but it just won't fit vertically. I want it. Yeah, they they, um, they prefer landscape over portrait, yeah, don't really. they? It's quite a specific market. EA and Activision have entered into a war of words, following a spate of baiting by EA about how much better Battlefield 3 is than Modern Warfare 3. Activision's Eric Hishberg told EA to stop behaving like children because mudslinging like this is bad for the industry. EA's Jeff Brown retorted by welcoming Eric to the big leagues and saying Battlefield will ruin Modern Warfare. Come on, guys. In our world of plenty, we can spread a smile of joy. Wrap your arms around each other. It's Christmas time! It's not. Well done, <laughs> No, well done, EA man. Um, this cheered me up this morning. They are going to make out, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously. I wouldn't marry you, Activision, if you were the last man on Earth. Uh, it's very rare to see some proper goading and baiting like that, isn't it? Mm. I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of what, of what the EA man... What was his name? Uh, EA man, uh, Jeff Brown. He needs an MBE now. We need to get him on the show and then he'll get an MBE. <laughs> um, yeah, this chi- and so you, you cut some of the, the quote off. Obviously. Um, he said something like, yeah, you know, you, you think you're so big. Go and try, go, and go out and buy a copy of Guitar Hero or Tony Hawk, <laughs> won't you? And just, yeah, and I thought, yeah. Oh. Hey, Activision, I heard your mum is so fat, she plays World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, your mum is so fat, she looks like the old style. We. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you did it. Did. <sighs> Your mum is so fat. I can <laughs> see all of her 3D. <laughs> Something more dimensions. Yeah. Four. She's. A, she comes in 4D. We should. We should get in touch with EA. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of some more mama. Um, what else do EA do? They do The Sims. There must be one you could say about them. If you've got any Yo Mama jokes <laughs> that we can fax to Activision, please email team at onelefleft.com. 
Microsoft has denied reports it's pulling the Xbox 360 out of Japan following poor sales. Speaking to Eurogamer, Microsoft's Chris Lewis insisted that Connect brings something new to the market, but conceded it's a challenging market. We are up against very strong competition there. We're very respectful of what Sony and Nintendo do and where they've come from and what they bring. Xboxes across Japan have started making tiny, hell no, we won't go placards just in case. So this is the opposite of that. This is... Yeah. Yeah. We're very respectful Japanese people of what the Japanese companies have done. Very respectful, yeah. We respect that. Do Mm. we respect that? We'd rather they were slagging each other off a bit. How How do we poke them with sticks? Get them angry. Maybe we should say to him, you know, they've actually said something bad about... They, they think you're rubbish. They think you should get out. They think you're bringing this market down. Yeah. Graham, can you add any expert insight into this story? I think it needs some. <laughs> I don't think I'm the expert, Steve, for this sort of thing. <sighs> Sorry to disappoint so early in, you know. <sighs> you have listened to the show before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... All people want from games in 10 years' time. The perfect digital human, according, according to Sony Shuhai Yoshida. Speaking at a Gamescom discussion about what the future of video games will be, he said people want games where you can't tell the difference if it's real or digital. One Life Left would like to see this process made into a film starring Anne Hathaway as a member of Sony's R&D department who commits her life to making the perfect digital human. She finally creates it only to realise she's made an exact replica of her long-suffering best friend Ed Westwick. What will this mean for their relationship? Uh, have you seen Simone? No. You know, with Al Pacino? No. And he makes the digital lady? No. Wait, does it have Al Pacino? Is it Michael Douglas? I don't know. What is, is it talking even a film? about? Did I dream <laughs> this? <laughs> anyway, I, I, my mind was wandering. Sorry, go back. Where were you? Uh, Anne Hathaway? I think it is Al Pacino. Right. And yeah. what happens in it? Do we want games that are more realistic? Is that what we want? We want to be able to... Do we want to walk into our living room and not be able to tell the difference between a game and our significant other? Not at all. Well, that's what Shu says. You can shoe off. <laughs> shoe high. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that, that's... I mean, you know, that, that might be what, what Shu wants. What Shu wants, Shu gets. <laughs> Oh, it's a good job he's got a funny name, isn't it? I've got nothing else to say about that news story. Racist. One life left video game news with Anne Scamford.
You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM and across the internet www.resonancefm.com. If you want to interact with the show, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. We also have a chat room. I don't know whether that's up and running. Is it? Must it appears to be up and running. It looks like it's a different URL. I'm just oh, reading it? our Twitter feed. Uh oh, what is it? Um, well, it's hardly. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not reading. Well, that you can out. look you at to, our Twitter yeah, feed. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash one life left. Um, also, really sadly, we've got no direct messages in Twitter. Oh, we need to be following you to direct message us. Yes, so, okay. so that's why. Well, if your Steve is here, then maybe you could uh, send us direct message. In the background, Game you can City. hear. Uh, Metroid Medley by Darius Carlin. I think that's off a Metroid-themed album. Is you it? can find that at 8-Bit Collective, 8bc.org, home to loads of our wonderful music. We're getting Metroid for free, aren't we? Us 3DS ambassadors. I say us, I mean me. I'm an, I'm an ambassador. Are you? Yeah, definitely. Sure, right that. We've been nice about it on the show. Mm-hmm. And I logged into the okay. shop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so um, that's, uh, that's that's well-selected this week, Steve. Thanks. Um, also well-selected is our guest. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lost the magic. Two uh, weeks away. Two weeks away. So I was watching... Um, I was sat in the front row of notorious internet troll Charles Cecil's speech. Oh, I saw you tweet Cecil. about that. Yeah, he was banging on about the Hollywood production model at uh, GDC. Do we have to call him Sir Charles? Yes, we do. Yeah, we have to stand up whenever we say his name. Okay. And he made me take my top off as well when I when (laughs) I his rights when I dressed him. Yeah. Now he's a knight. He's allowed to do that. Um, He was was very complimentary about you. He was. Yes. Simon's got excellent muscle definition. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah, um, you know, I'm being horrible about him because I love him in the same way I bumped into Simon Parkin at uh, GDC. Parko. I hugged him. Oh, yeah. Was that a signal to assassins? It was, yeah. It's a red light appeared (laughs) on the back of his head. And behind him, I winked and put my thumb up. Just whisper into his ear, you're going nowhere. The last thing you'll see is me, is what I said to him. <laughs> uh, so I was watching Charles Cecil's, uh, Charles Cecil's uh, talk at GDC, and then a man um, came up to me after and said, uh, are you Simon Byron? I said, yes. I said, all right, who's it for? I said, Get, getting my pen out. <laughs> he didn't know it was Graham. Um, and uh, it turns out I knew about Graham. Graham, knew, Graham listens to the show and also does something very interesting. And he said, uh, we should chat. I said, yeah, let's chat. What are you doing Monday? He went, Really? Well, hang, yeah. hang on, hang on. Your very words were you were desperate and <laughs> you needed someone to come on the show. Don't tell the listeners Don't that. Tell the- <laughs> I'm sorry, it was mute, not on. <laughs> yeah. So Graham uh, founded a company called Vertical Slice, uh, and they are billed as. Um, uh, sorry, one of the headlines on your website, Graham, is that you make games better. We do. Yes. How do you that's make games? Yeah. God, that's a bold claim, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> so explain a little bit more about that. So obviously, game designers. They have in their head the most awesome experience ever. And then sometimes when it reaches the store, things are a bit different. Things have changed, and sometimes the experience they wanted to create was... It's been changed along the way. So our job is to help them make the game that's in their mind, and hopefully make sure that's delivered so the rest of us can play it. So how do you how do you go about that, then? Well, you would probably know it as playtesting or things like that. So we bring players in before the game is released. Uh, we set them in front of the game, and we... We hack into their brains, I guess, or their behaviour. We study them very closely, what they do, and we put sensors on their body in different places. Real, actual sensors, like as in science. <laughs> Proper science. And you'd be impressed. Good neck. <laughs> this is impressive. Charles never impressed you like this, no. did he? Charles would like to get, to get some sensors on you, though. <laughs> Sir Charles, I think you'll find. <laughs> we, we, we don't do that. That's a different <laughs> thing altogether. So what, do the, uh, what do the sensors measure? Well, the... At a broad level, they can measure how aroused you are. What? Blimey. (laughs) (laughs) Simon, what conference were you at? (laughs) So there's. there's I I was quite aroused. I was watching Charles Cecil. (laughs) With your top off. Yeah. So some of the sensors do measure arousal, so they can pinpoint, for example, the exact second in a game or in a cutscene that you have reacted. And that can be positive or negative. So it could either be you're really frustrated with the game or you're just super excited or you've seen something that connects with you. Without 
being base about this, how do you measure arousal? Okay, so there's different sensors, but the arousal one in particular, I see you like that one. So wow. you know, <laughs> The arousal one is the exact same technology as uh, lie detection. So it's galvanic skin response, or GSR. Right. And you can put it on, we put it on people's fingers. So when they hold the joypad, it doesn't really... Oh, you could yeah. put it somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> you could. You could. <laughs> I see where you're steering me with this one. but other uh, places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lie detectors measure arousal. Well, your, your skin, uh, yeah, you'll excite more when you get aroused, uh, Steve. So yes. if I wanted to beat a lie detector test, just out of interest... Just think sexy th- No, you wouldn't no, think. You... You'd say you, you found lying... No, you found telling the just... truth, arousing. I could just say I was attracted to the policeman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a psychopath, that might help. Yeah, or you could say... God. <laughs> so what's, what's the most arousing game, then? Whoa, that you've studied? <laughs> um, it depends on the person. So even if you've got the most exciting game ever, some people's bodies just do not react, like the psychopath, as we're... As we're like Steve pointed out. I have to sociopath, So, yeah, it's a combination of the game and the player. And uh, this is why, for example, Nintendo's um, the, the, the Vital, was yeah. it, the sensor? Yeah. It's one of the reasons they didn't release that, is it doesn't work with everybody. So they got to about 80% of the people, Right. And that was not high enough for them. Because oh, yeah. too many psychopaths play with Nintendo Well, games. I didn't want to say that. Yeah, but. Interesting. Oh, I speak the truth. So, so you study player behaviour then. What, what are the obvious mistakes that you come across time and again that uh, people that are making games sort of get wrong? Or oh, I should get a pen. You should get a pen. You know <laughs> Steve makes games. I, I, I do. I was, uh, I was in a room once with Steve. I'll say no more. But right. his, his presence was felt. Yeah. Your palms were sweaty. Yeah. I was aroused. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the main thing, I think, is tutorials. Um, partly because they're one of the last things to be made. And there's so much instruction being given in that short period of time. So a lot of it's visual or auditory or text, and the player just wants to play the game. So although you're trying to tell them the essentials, they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, just let me get to the goods. So it's a very difficult time, those first five, ten minutes of gameplay. So, so, what, so what games do it well, and what, and what are bad examples, would you say? I think, I wouldn't say it's good and bad. It's good, or the best, and then everything else. So Plants right. vs. Zombies is yep. awesome. It's it's pretty much perfect. I think every game that we get, we could always improve it in some way, always. But PVZ is damn, it's 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 uh, it's pretty good, you know. Damn's fine. We can say that. Don't worry about um, that. Yeah, so it, it's pretty much a masterpiece, I would say. Right. Um, so it's like PVZ and then everything else. And, and do you see much correlation between sort of what you suggest and like, uh, and the ultimate uh, review scores? Because I remember when you guys launched, um, yeah. it was uh, wasn't the claim that you could predict what Edge would give a game. Yeah, we were trying to. We looked at one year of Edge reviews, so right. it was 171 reviews over a 12 month period, and we looked at all the words that were written and uh, looked at what were the factors that went to a good game and the factors that went to say a bad game. Right. And we mapped it onto different you know scores more or less different bands let's say so it wasn't like 82 or 83 percent that's that's crazy crazy talk right, right? And also they they mark in uh, out of 10 exactly so, that's not so, <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't get down that granularity but you could go from say one to seven uh, or one to five five to seven seven to ten something, right. something and, like that and, and it was accurate was it it was pretty accurate you know it's um it was a bold claim we were really talking about the direction we were going in okay and what we'd what we'd like to do is try and bypass what people say and get it straight from their body which right. is why we do the sensor stuff you see i wrote a piece for edge based on this um, eight years ago which was where we gave five reviewers the same game i think that feature may have been my idea steve was it about project number seven that's right yes and uh, they had to guess what the... Well, they'd played it for five minutes and all had to give it a score. I think most of their scores were yeah. the same. Yeah. And ultimately the same as the person who then did it for... Uh, did the full review for Edge. Was. That was an excellent piece. And then you also did... When you were working on Edge, you also did run the reviews without scores so It was the, the same issue. Same issue. We dropped the scores from the reviews, that mm. issue. And we got more complaints about that issue yeah. than we did for the rest... I think for all of my time now, we had about... What? I think somewhere... Even that cover? <laughs> the Dead or Alive cover? <laughs> so how, how come all those reviewers got it spot on? But if you look at the distribution in Metacritic, it's like, you know, from 40 up to 100. It was, no, it was spot on. It was all for the same game, wasn't it? Mm. But even the same game on Metacritic, right? You'll have some oh, professional yeah. reviewers yeah. giving it. This is a disaster, 40%. Yeah. And other people saying, awesome, 100 I think it's I think it's partially because magazines tend to employ people 
they like and everyone grows to have the same sort of opinion in that group of friends mm. so there's a, also a kind of thing that I notice when you're talking or used to notice when you're talking with people about gaming that your first conversations are kind of flirtatious in that you're feeling out how the other person feels about the game I'm getting aroused <laughs> yeah. we, we all have these sensors strapped to us and um, and yeah and you end up sort of moderating your opinions to be in the same direction uh, of people that's what it used to be like at Edge it was very very rare we would ever disagree on what a game should get Do you, did you think you could have predicted Super Mario Kart 64's 5 out of 10 in Edge <laughs> Graham uh, I think that'd be a tall order <laughs> we, we didn't do any more work on the review prediction so we went into more of the biometric going to players bodies Okay, um, that's a shame, because that sort of thing would be... Well, I mean, obviously the biometric stuff's useful, but predicting re- review scores would be, yeah. be helpful. <laughs> we've, we've seen different ways of doing it, so we've seen how other people do it, and some, some of them have a checklist of, like, you know, 50 items. Um, ours, we got it down to five, I think, something like that, with um, out of three, three in each. So a high, medium, or low. So we would ask five questions, and you could do it to a high level, if right. something is present, or a low level, or a medium level, something like that. So, Graham, do you like music? I love it. Um, do you want to hear some now? Oh, please, Simon. Well, what sort of music do you like? think of market stall trailers traders graham why don't you tell me about about that simon <laughs> listen to this zumba fitness is still at number one it probably will be forever you don't need a special training scheme to be fit just don't eat lots of bad stuff and walk more there for me fitness free of charge however something which shot up the charts recently is the 3ds hardly surprising when it has now been slashed in price so heavily just six months into its existence has this ever happened before consoles slashed in price so much have Nintendo lost the plot? Will this help boost sales of the games? Considering the huge price tag on the games, it would seem unlikely, especially when you get so many games free with it, and you have to suffer the horrible eye-destroying 3D gimmick. Okay, so you switch that off, but then you're kind of defeating the object of the 3DS then. There's also the Wii U on the horizon, the gadget which seems awfully good, but no one can quite work out what it's all about. 
So is that going to be as much of a car crash as 3DS seems to be? Is the 3DS really a car crash when it's now selling well? Um, maybe. But we'll see how game sales do from now on, eh? But considering you can get about 50 times as many games on an iPod or iPhone for the same money as a single 3DS game, those devices are seemingly much more attractive. Still, we have the slight barrier to the iOS market if the game's being download only, and for children you've got problems in how they're going to get them. There's always the iTunes vouchers, but it seems perhaps making things more fiddly. I know the 3DS is pushing downloadable games a fair bit, certainly with the amount they're giving away free with the thing, but you've still got the physical as a backup. But even at the £20 most 3DS games seem to be selling for online, it's still a lot of money. Are we going to get a situation like with printers where the consumables are the same price as the actual device? Only time will tell if Nintendo have completely lost the plot here. They've always seemed to manage to survive, so I dare say they will this time. But they certainly have their work cut out for them. I'm Derek Williams and my free market economy is still the same price as it has always been. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Before this, you heard the brilliant Derek Williams, and before that, Smiletron. When did, when did that happen? When did what happen? This letter seems it's new, isn't it? It's new, isn't it? It's yes, new. it is new. It's, uh, it, it continues it to be happened? magnificent. Sort of. Right. I think we could have built that up a little bit more. It's quite exciting. I think I was freaked out by it last week. Oh, so it's not new? It might be one week old. <laughs> it's like a baby. A baby is still new at one week. Yeah. It is It is one week old, although it was provided for us for this series. <laughs> However... We don't want to change too much at once, do yeah, we? we need to, let's life, say life, that's the reason. One life left yes. is like stepping into a, a bath that's slightly too hot, isn't it? You need to <laughs> ease yourself in. Otherwise yes, you will scorch yourself. Uh, anyway, it's brilliant. It's by Ugly Fruit again. Does, does it mean that we read stuff out now? Yes, of course. Letters. Uh, we did have a theme last week. Got the a theme. Yeah, as, as official collator of letters, I noticed that. In fact, one of them caught me by surprise, actually. Um, I think it might be Graham's. Do you want to start with the theme letters? Uh, let's start with the theme letters, shall we? What was the theme? The theme was how to fix Nintendo. Now, what on earth were you lot doing last week? Fixing we were, Nintendo. We were fixing Nintendo. Yeah, we can't be productive. To do this. No, we just do it for free. It's just like a public outreach. Well, I think you're encroaching on Graham's, Graham's like, areas of responsibility there, are you? Well, maybe... Uh, Stick sensors on them. <laughs> find out where they... Maybe we were just building up to this. Because okay. maybe we were trying to... It was a week-long trail. So Who I has got the How to Fix Nintendo letters? I do. I do. <laughs> I think I do. Well, let's go, then. I don't. Scans. Um, this one is from Nicholas Lister, and he says... Basically, he says that the problem the problem that Nintendo had was that they were uh, primarily, primarily appealing to an audience of young families with new flat-screen TVs, secure jobs, and a firm footing on the property ladder. Um, but since uh, the global financial crisis, things are much shakier for that audience, um, and they aren't as likely to want to spend uh, money on a console that will mock them with its bubblegum, carefree attitude. Um, his solution is, uh, what Nintendo should do is produce software that will help people reconnect with their Wiis before releasing the Wii U. Develop some high-profile, gritty and miserable games for the system that show how these young folk, that their Wii, uh, that their Wii is there, for the, there with them as they hurtle face-first into a world that seems ever more unforgiving and brutal. Failing that, just whack an extra screen on it, right? Which sounds about right. That sounds about right. And you, you seem to almost paraphrase that letter, though. Is this a new policy? It is a new policy. Okay. I've got a letter here, and it just says some words. <laughs> Don't say all of them. It says Nick. Thanks for writing, Nick. Uh, he says, Dear Anne, Simon, and two special guests. Um... So I was listening to the One Life Left show on the bus into work this morning. This <laughs> talks about us in third, like third person for us. <laughs> Why were you listening to the One Life Left show? Yeah, it's quite good. That, isn't it? Um, he says I have quite a long commute to my office, and so keep myself amused playing games on my iPod Touch, which is basically an iPhone without the phone, and much more space for beautiful chip tunes. As I was listening, I heard it claimed that Iwata would never put Nintendo games on mobile platforms, except as I listened to that, I was also playing a SNES game on my iPod. What? Dot, dot, dot. What? 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 
You see, he continues, these long bus journeys are the perfect time to replay all my old favourites. Chrono Trigger, Super Mario World, A Link to the Past, and so on. Sure, it's currently a bit of a fudge. You need to jailbreak your iOS device and download the free freeware emulator. And of course, one should only ever download these games if you own the cartridges, apparently. Is that true? Yes. Yes, that's true. But they run absolutely fine, and the pixel art looks beautiful, rendered on the retina display. Um, oh, I hate that term. Oh, beautiful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he continues, or sorry, he says some other stuff, and then at the end he says, Iwata worries that social games and mobile platforms are of a less quality, that they dilute the excellence of games. The thing is, there's clearly a bunch of customers right here. Nintendo have been great at throwing open the games market to all sorts of people who normally would not buy games. Now, why not do the same with mobile platforms? No one will ever play a shoddy rehash of some poorly made racing game again if the original F-Zero was available. These old classics shame current developers of App Store tosh. Fixing Nintendo might be... Uh, fixing Nintendo be getting old classics onto mobile platforms. May well also fix those mobile platforms and save us from the utter rubbish it's currently full of, says Nick. All the best, he ends with, optimistically. Oh, all the best to you too, All Nick. the best. Thanks for that. So he's saying that uh, people that go to the time of travel to jailbreak and then install ROMs show there's a market there, Iwata. Yeah. Agree with that? Interesting. Well, maybe. It depends how big that market is. Graham, I think there is a market there. Sorry to interrupt, Graham. Uh, I think there is a market there, but also it's dependent on how big that market is and also what damage it will do to IP, uh, to Nintendo's sole ownership as a publisher on their platform of that IP. Right. Sorry, that's not very interesting. I was just going to ask Graham whether you've you've done any arousal tests on pirates. (laughs) (laughs) It's much more interesting. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Like, do they get more or less aroused because they're committing crimes? No, that hasn't come up, actually, in our core demographic. Do do you think we should do that? Let's find some pirates and test them. Okay. Find me some on Brighton, I think. Yeah, it's a perfect place. So this chap says that um, Nintendo isn't broken, but people are. Uh He says that these $1 games on iDevice um, people are confusing novelty for quality. Uh, and then what was claimed that one good first party title will last for five months instead. So why not play a real game and uh, stick with Nintendo? Right. Hmm. Good question. Um, any more letters? You've got one. You've got I, one. I do have one actually. Hold on. You appear to be multitasking. You've got a broken phone in your hand. You're listening. Oh. Dear One Life Left. Unlike many of your listeners, I never got a chance to play video games when I was a child. My family were part of a religious sect that viewed fun as spiritually difficult, and the closest I ever I was ever able to get to games was to press my nose up against the window of our local arcade while my mother was posting angry missives to the BBC about the disgust that her colour television brought her. But I was obsessed with them, One Life Left, fascinated with the shapes, the dancing colours, the bleeps, the bloops. All through childhood I pined after them. My friends were part of the sect too, so I couldn't sneak a plastic fumble at one of their houses. Rage and resentment started to burn. At the age of 17, I ran as far away as I could, and I swore that I would never see the family that had wrecked my childhood ever again. Fifteen years later, I'd settled down to a reasonably normal existence as a solicitor in East Grinstead. I was too emotionally stunted to ever have taken a wife. But other than that, I was happy. Then, one day, I won £600 million on the Euro Millions. No more personal injury claims for me. Now it was time to make my dreams come true. I went online and found a job lot of 36 arcade machines for sale. Everything I'd ever wanted as a child. It would finally be mine. I had a wing of my mansion converted into my own personal arcade and awaited their arrival. The thing is, though, One Life Left, money and possessions, they're not everything, and I decided it had been much too long since I'd seen my family. I was older, wiser now. I could see that what they'd done, it had only been out of love. So I held a big party in the gardens of my new country mansion to tell them I had decided to forgive them, that I wanted them back in my life. I stepped out onto the veranda, and there they were there, and they were all there, nervously sipping tea, orange squash... When I saw my mother, I started to run towards her. I just wanted to hug her and tell her what a fool I'd been. Then all of a sudden, she was crushed by a House of the Dead 2 arcade machine. The plane shipping my new toys, it had a mid-air collision due to a legally unacceptable amount of chocolate spread getting onto an air traffic control monitor. My Uncle Kenneth had his head and limbs smashed off 
by a Namco ro- motorbike racing machine. One by one, the machines rained down upon the members of my family until I was alone. Alone in a field of bloody and smashed arcade machines. I am still there. I cannot bring myself to move. Love the show, team. Mick Rossiter. My favourite food, I use that term loosely, in the whole world is a particular crisp available from a particular French supermarket's budget value crisp range. I should clarify at this point, I do live in France. I can appreciate you perhaps might wonder how someone in France can offer an insightful look at UK game bargains while being mindful of the austerity measures and social unrest pervading the nation. But the other day I couldn't get a decent bottle of wine for under a euro and the local boulangerie had run fresh out of croissants, so it's not like I'm not suffering over here too, you know. Anyway, these budget crisps are known as sabor bacons, a sort of half-hearted French stab at frazzle. They're the most addictive foodstuff on earth, even more addictive than Pringles. They taste of mouth, which means you can eat bags and bags of them without even realising you're doing it. The bags are big too, like the size cream eggs seemed to be when you were six years old. The most wonderful thing about Sabor Bacons is that I seem to be the only person I know who actually likes them. Even my own kids think they're revolting. If there was such a thing as a crisp Metacritic, there isn't, I checked, Sabor Bacons wouldn't do so well. They feel like a 56% crisp to me, and I know my potato-based snacks. However, sometimes a crisp just transcends its Metacrispic, must trademark that, rating and clicks with a certain someone at a deeper, more meaningful level. Out there is a crisp for everyone. Like love, every person on this planet has a life crisp partner, and Sabor Bacons are mine. Which is why this week's Austerity Play is about a game that's like a sabor bacon to me the 2006 vehicular combat game known as full auto and i mean full auto on the 360 for sure there's a full auto 2 battle lines on the ps3 that rectifies nearly all of the problems with full auto 1 but i don't like full auto 2 means nothing to me okay full auto 1 has frame rate problems whenever the heated 30 fps versus 60 fps racing game argument kicks off full auto sits upstairs on the landing listening to the banisters sucking on a 15 fps or less blanket where the mighty blur demonstrates a multiplayer balance that is clearly been honed by months and months of intensive testing. Any balance in full auto is probably due to guesswork, blind luck or alcohol or probably a mixture of all three. Full auto is, quite simply, pretty bad. But it's also my favourite game on the Xbox 360. I can't explain why. There's something intrinsically right about full auto. I think we were separated at birth, born under the same star sign, connected at the navel by ley lines and other mystical forces. Full auto is my game. It may taste of mouth, but it's my game. So this week's austerity pleasure isn't really full auto. It's about finding your full auto, your sabo bacon the thing that you love that nobody else does because while foot locker and debenhams are burning to the floor just down the road sometimes the most important thing to do is hold the things that you love close that's why i don't know what your austerity pleasure of the week is but i bet it isn't full auto that's the brilliant do you invert with austerity pleasures good, that. for that you heard a shocking letter from mm. mick roster so thanks mick yeah thanks um, yeah, do do everyone keep uh, sending us letters in to team at one left dot com? Which I, I was I realised this morning I'd never sent that game out to the person that I was said when oh, I won letter of the week. Cause, yeah, they've probably I, stopped listening. I've forgotten who they were. Blue Peter got done for that, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think it was Blue Peter that won letter of the week, was it? Was mm. it Connie Hook? Imagine. <laughs> probably yes. Um, so, yeah, it's good to be back. Where have you been? Uh, I went to Canada for the first week to see how the, uh, they're getting on in the colonies. And yeah, very well. Good. Um, did you get a tax break while you were there? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and then I went to Germany where the Canadians had. Um, I took a picture actually, I must upload to Google Plus where they were just advertising Canada, saying, everybody come and work here. Yeah, they're very aggressive. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I went to uh, Game Developer Conference Europe and Gamescom, uh, which is where I met Graham, of course. Sexy. Um, so, GDCE 2011. How did that go? Pretty good. Most popular GDC ever in terms of attendance. Don't know about feedback. I'm not privy to that sort of information. What's your feedback, Well, you, you marked some, some... I did, actually. Do you know what? You? So, uh, I marked Charles Cecil as excellent. And really? he genuinely was excellent. Excellent out of what? Excellent out of the rating. Yeah, it was impossible to be average at GDC. Because really? it was... Um, I think the, uh, um, the things you could circle were excellent, invite back, above average, something below average and then um, a waste of my time essentially well what Mm. you should do if you want to mark something average is steal another form and then mark excellent and and no and the lowest okay and then it'll average out your score will go in you'll you'll smash the system in which case google um although if i wanted to rate the google talk 
average, I would need to submit another form saying excellent because I left one that said do not invite back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I felt bad about really? it. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, Why? I'm not we sure love that's Google. Google. About this. We do love Google. Do Google don't love us. Why? Well. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of this I should st- I really all liked it, your comment on email, Steve. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble. Uh-oh. Basically, um, at the last two game developer conferences in San Francisco, uh, Google has, because it's a conference full of game developers and people like me, um, Google has surprised attendees of its sessions by giving out phones <laughs> and Chromebooks, <laughs> right? So I thought, yeah. And, like, last... In, when we were over at GDC in February, I thought, oh, I must go to some of the Google sessions. And I didn't. And then I saw somebody... People came away with Nexus um, S's and then these new Chromebooks, which still haven't been released. I'm like, right, I'm not going to mess up this time. And then I was, I was having lunch, and I heard other, other, other people talking about going to the Google. So, yeah, and then I started to feel a little bit bad about this. I was like, right, I, people are going to think I'm only going to the Google one because I'm a, I, the, because of the possibility of free I hardware. don't know why they think <laughs> that. I know. So do you know what I did? I, I sat through the boring one that was in the same stream beforehand. Um, I, it was about <laughs> how to port games to multiple devices. I've got no interest in this <laughs> right now. So I sat through that, nodding, going, hmm, yes. I'm a smartphone tablet <laughs> developer. Right? So, and so that when this boring man finishes, well, I think we're probably rated above average, I just stayed there so I could, you know, digest what I'd heard in the smartphone and um, s- session. And then when Google came on, I, c- I wouldn't be like, what oh. are the other... Oh, oh I oh, didn't realise you, you were on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pleasant well, surprise. I, you know, holding my bag open. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was feeling all very clever. And, and I was really concerned about appearing to be the freeloader that I so clearly was <laughs> and that everybody else was. And then I... So I was sat there and I think they were starting it to be like 10 to 2 and I thought... Oh, it's not very busy. And then, like, oh, sure enough, lots of people walked in, and I thought, you freeloaders. <laughs> you missed the cross-platform session by the man whose name I can't remember. Um, so then two Google people got up, and um, uh, it was it was a, a man and a lady, and the lady just got up and apologised for not being somebody. Um, and it turns out they, they were like, oh, hello, we're from the sales department. And then it was just oh, like how to use Google no. AdWords a lot. And, oh. and then they left without giving me anything. Oh, no, I would have advised to talk about Google AdWords at me if they'd given me a new phone. Like, I would have been really happy. Like, even longer, and I would have marked them as excellent. Did you not... You, you could have just gone up to them and just held out your hand. It's <laughs> 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 not... Or, like, you're waiting to be tipped. Like, uh, I think well, you've forgotten I, something. Yeah. Was, was my watching not up to standard? Was that yeah. And, and actually, it was quite interesting, because a few people started drifting away. Now, I wasn't... I didn't want to appear to be that rude. <laughs> <laughs> just sat there getting really angry, that essentially... Like, the session itself... I felt didn't have any sort of benefit to uh, game developers because it was talking about promotion and s- some of it was interesting but I felt it, it, you know it was I think the session was titled how to play along it was, it was play along with Google it said and I'd, I'd purposely not bought my Android phone because when they'd gone let's play along together I'd go oh, I forgot mine and they go oh, have two <laughs> I, I, I don't have one but I'm willing to be convinced one. about <laughs> <Exactly>. the merits <laughs> <laughs> so yeah did you go to that one Graham or, or have you yeah. got big I, I probably went to something else probably useful. It was good fun. I enjoyed GDC. Um, I saw a talk about every, it was all about social uh, social gaming um, hmm. and cross platform ba- gaming. They're going to be the next big things. Ga- Richard Garriott was there wearing a t shirt with his name on it. So Richard Garriott is a man on a mission, which I thought that was like a, like if he was out drinking later. That could get. We're, we're trying to work out what we should have on the One Life Left t shirts at the moment. Oh, we need a. That can be the letters topic of the week okay. for next week. Yeah. What should we put on the One Life Left t-shirts? Should we put we'll listen One Life to Left? Yeah. One Life Left is a team on a mission. Yeah. Or we'll listen to anything for phones. <laughs> Matt and Steve's amazing Pokemon week. And then it turned out it was a bloody matchup. Oh, cringe. Oh, total cringe, mate. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm never going to live that one down. Oh, actually, that reminds me. It's really bad. I was a. Uh, I was walking down the nearby route uh, the other day. You know, route the, 7? Yeah, Route 7, the one down to the lake. And um, I was like, you know, saw this Mr Mime in the grass, and I was like, right, have one there. I threw a ball to catch it, uh, bounced to the back of the head, didn't even open. And I was like, that's a bit weird. Bro. So I go over to check, check the ball, 
get a bit closer, look down. It's not a Mr. Mime, it's just a short bloke. Oh, God, that happened to me too. It's so embarrassing. Because what do you say? Uh, you know, you can't say, oh, I'm sorry, mate, I thought you were a Mr. Mime. Because, I mean, you know, you did look a bit like a clown, but... It's embarrassing. Got, it was long grass, in my defence. What are those short people doing in the long I grass? I don't know. It's bound to happen. I saw this muscly bloke started pelting him with Pokeballs before I realised it's not a macho, it's just a big muscly yeah, bloke. Yeah, I know. I mean... Was he, was he fuming. He was furious. Absolutely. I mean, what do you say? I mean, I don't know what you did. I basically just went, hey, you, and just pointed and just... I think I got away with it. And then picked up, because I was quite close, I I bent down and I picked it up and go, oh, look, that bloke in that bush, he just threw this at you. Rude. This this Pokeball, oh, how could he do that? But God, I'm not not going anywhere near that route for a few months. Uh, Yeah, I'd stay away from there. So embarrassing. It's time for the One Life Left Reviews section. Reviews. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think. I've not got much to contribute this time round. Yeah, me neither. You've um, been off school though, Simon. You should have had I see what I have been time. doing, and it's sort of. it's Well, it's just, uh, I've been reading the Google book. Uh, it's called <laughs> I'm Feeling Lucky Confessions of Employee 59. Who? Um, yeah, it's very interesting. That's what I've been reading. Um, Is that a game? It's not we a game, no, the, but it's We're not the about... book show. <laughs> it's, it's good, 7 out of 10. And you might have to save this section because yeah. I've I've only been playing um, iOS games. Well, obviously, so have I. Okay, obviously, but that's what's expected of yeah. you. I say only they're valid games. Mm. I just feel like you've got that covered, got right? That You're covered. our iOS experts, yeah. and I don't want to, you know. But you're going to. You're going to step on my toes today. I am. What have going you been to playing? Um, I have been playing Siege Hero, which um is. What they're called now? Uh, Armor Games, uh, shameless ripoff of Angry Birds. Oh, that's how it's described on the App Store. It's it? how <laughs> I would describe it. And you know what? They would probably be happy with it being <laughs> described that way because I don't know about you, Simon, but I am bored with games trying to sneak into their titles, the titles of other games. Mm. So when you search for them, that game right. comes up. Hold on. Do you want to put some monitors on, on us right now, some sensors, so that you can um, maybe get some feedback? Yeah, <laughs> I think Steve's lying. I, I, I am definitely aroused. Uh, yeah, it, it just seems so... I can't think of a good example, but um, Plants vs. Zombies maybe one. The other games that are nothing to do with Plants vs. Zombies, in their description, uh, will include the words plants and zombies in there, just so when you search for that. Is that how that, that's how that works, is it? I'm pretty sure it must do, because or at least enough people assume it works like that to that's make like it That's the old of the internet, isn't it? Yeah, and so Siege Hero... I, I also think the title is lazy because yeah. presumably it's got hero in there because people like Guitar Hero or like to. Anyway, the game itself is like Angry Birds but from first person. So instead of pulling back to release things, you're just basically pointing at the bits of the building you want to fall down. Okay. To that end, it's actually kind of better. There's less randomness in the game um, that you just choose. Oh, okay, I want to knock down that strut or, or this stuff. I say randomness. People complain about that in Angry Birds that you can't see I'm, the thing you're I'm aiming one at. One of those people, right? Okay. Is that not a clever thing, though? No. I, I don't no, know. We've I, done some research on this, Graham, and the answer is no. I think you're right, Graham, <laughs> in that the, the, the Angry Birds mechanic I find quite satisfying. That pullback and wait mm. and that slight randomness. Uh, in the same way, the peggle pullback and reveal is much more compelling than the coin drop one, where you're just aiming straight down and it's more coin predictable. Rubbish, I isn't think it? so. It's I, to- I wish it tosh. I, I wish it wasn't. Like I, I no. want to like it, but I just don't find it compelling. Yeah. And I think the difference between that and peggle is that there's more sort of. It feels like there's more skill, more joy in it uh, in that release. And same here. The other difference like, is that peggle's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was going to be my second point, and I think the same is true here. It's it's free, so download Siege Hero, please try it, but I, I feel like it's missing some kind of tactile feedback that Angry Birds has, um, and so I can only really give it 7 out of 10. Okay. I, I should just quickly jump in. I, I have been playing something, I've just been reminded. I've been playing Angry Birds on Google+. Plus. Oh, really? Um. Yeah, it's excellent. I don't like Angry Birds. That's interesting. Yeah, it's so essentially, on every level, it just shows you which of your friends have been playing it, and yeah. who... Where you where you sit in scores? I've just remembered I have been playing a game. Right. Sorry, <laughs> is it Angry Birds on 
Google Plus. <laughs> no, it's Seed Hero. What that? Immediately, right? You forget about what you're playing. Yeah, it's good. So you see, so and then I've been competing with my friends, and it's good. Seven out of ten. Brilliant. Same as the iOS version. Bam. I've been playing the heist on iOS Uh, and it's one where you're trying to get into uh, a safe um, and so I've been playing on uh, iPod Touch and I got a call on it and I was like I'm sorry what? (laughs) Uh, This is not a phone so this woman called I think it's Sophie or Sophia she calls you and she's like oh I'm a little bit phone you need to break into this safe come on I bet you can do it Um, (laughs) along those lines where's she from? foreign <laughs> so how do you break into the safe Is this so a- you have to break into the safe by uh getting energy your energy level up and you do that by uh completing lots and lots of puzzles there's so it's realistic exactly and that is how you get it in the safe um yes yeah, so there's four different types of puzzles one uh where you move blocks around to get something out one where you uh have to there's like a big grid and you have to put bits on it uh, one which is wires and you have to move them around and the other one I honestly I could not complete one of them it looked like a cross between <laughs> um, crystal maze and electronics and I couldn't figure it out electronics the whole of electronics all of electronics did you enjoy it uh, I loved all of them apart from that one okay. and I liked getting calls from Sophia okay. um, I would give it probably about 7 out of 10 Graham Wow, I've been going back and playing Game Dev Story by Kairosoft, oh. and I've been trying to figure out why is it so good and why can I you not must stop playing. You be the playing. best of it, it mustn't you? Or the worst. You, well, no, because you know everything. <laughs> yeah. Did I say I knew, every, knew everything? Yeah. Well, you could find out everything. Mm. So why is it so good? Yes. Well, I'll, I'll be revealing that shortly. So we're going back. <laughs> I can't say no, you know. This is a cleverly constructed exactly. review, isn't it? Yes. This is the reveal to come back, is the, oh, the mechanic okay, you see. Okay, okay. So, but I'll probably give it 7 out of 10. What? <laughs> That's unexpected. Mind blown. Adverts now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, shall I do my other review? Yes, quickly. 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 Super puzzle platformer on PC, free to play. Uh, absolutely brilliant. One of the best games I've played. So finely tuned and so, so beautifully finished. Uh, can't give you the web URL because I only just remembered that I played it. But search for it. Uh, we'll probably put a link in the description. That's it. Great. Nice score. Good work. Uh, seven out of ten. Time for our favourite game designer, Ella. I'm Ella I'm, and I'm five and I'm going to be making a Facebook game. Well... You can get baby animals and you have to look after your animals, which I don't actually do. I just don't feed them. <laughs> and I only feed them if they'll give me hearts. Well, some prizes are special animals or some prizes are mini games and some prizes are real money. Some prizes are a thousand real money coins. It can also have Pokemon animals in it if you win them as a prize. Well, they wouldn't be very good looking because I'm the worst at drawing Pokemon. I'm the best at drawing Pikachus, which I don't know why because they're the hardest. I know that because I've drawn one before. Bye-bye. Well done, Ella. Well done, Ella. She's good. She is good. I've got to tell you about what a man said to me in a bar at uh, GDC, Stroke Gamescom. He was a German barman. I went in to buy Leo Tan a drink, and he said, uh, and I was in there, and he said, uh, where are you from? Are you from Australia? I said, no, I'm from Britain. He said, oh, right. He looked around, he pointed at another man, he said, uh, he's French. I said, right. And he pointed at another man, he said, he's American. I said, all oh, right. He said, he's a German barman. He said, the Allies, <laughs> the Allies, they are all here. <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know how to react. <laughs> Do you think you were maybe Nicholas Lindhurst in Goodnight Sweetheart? Come down an alley. Into a different time zone. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So you had a nice time in Germany anyway. Great time, thanks Germans. Mm. Yeah, thanks for inviting us, GDC Europe. We couldn't make it this year, but we'll be uh, we'll do the radio show live from there. Yeah, we will. Whether you like it or not. Only if you give us um, phones though, or, or just give us something. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, have you had a nice time? I've had a lovely time. Oh, thank you, sir. Sorry, your mic wasn't up. You, you have had a nice time. I have, yeah. Good. Thank you very much for coming up. Well, thank you. Um, if you want to come back again next week, because we are desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. We're on holiday next week. It's bank holiday. Oh, we are! Yes! So don't specifically.
actually don't come don't next come week. Here. Don't yeah. come next week because um, no one will be here. We can find out more about you at the URL verticalslice.co.uk. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Find out if you're aroused. <laughs> but I think I should bring it up some week and we will measure measure <laughs> you. Do mm. live on air. Amazing. Thanks to all our contributors yes. this week. Uh, we are One Life Left and we are going to be away next week. We're on our summer holidays. Bank holiday. One week summer holiday. One week summer That's holiday. It. But we will be back in two weeks' time. Yeah. We will have a very super special guest. Uh, thank you for listening. Until then. Bye. 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 Bye.